Maya back again, guys. I have one more update for y'all. My Take now has a Patreon. I'm trying to expand the My Take community and also expand my earnings a little bit by creating a Patreon. We have three tiers, and in the top tier, we're actually starting a My Take book club. So anybody who joins, we're going to be reading a book together a month, and there's going to be monthly live streams and Discord benefits. So I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could go check it out. The link is in the show notes. Hey guys, it's Maya, and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf, and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun, and they're all on the Instagram, so go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. So we are back with another Books That Made Me Do It book. We are talking about The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, which tells the story of Patroclus and Achilles, best friends and lovers, as they deal with Achilles' fate and the Trojan War and his fame and all of that stuff. And it is a true coming-of-age story because it follows them from when they're, like, 5 or 10 to well into their 30s. So, like, definitely, like, the true coming-of-age period. And it's good and done really well and deserves all of the credit that it gets, but I heard it was very sad and everybody on books does like, oh my god, this is so sad and all I feel is pain. But it didn't make me cry. Like random things make me bawl. I will cry at the drop of a hat. Ask any of my friends. I was bawling at the end of Ted Lasso, which is like comedy series, right? But like sometimes it just doesn't hit me. Like, I have some controversial opinions about Vengeful, which is the sequel to Vicious by V.E. Schwab, and I have episodes on both Vicious and Vengeful, so check those out if you've read those books. But I apparently am, like, not emotionally impacted by Vengeful in the way that I should be, and it's kind of the same with this, where it's like, it was fine, it was good, but I just, there wasn't that much of an emotion at the end. So, Bookstagram, please don't hate me. Like, I read the book. You made me read it. I read it, but I wasn't, like, I don't feel pain about it, you know? Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Gosh, and this is my take. As always with the book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing, and the writing was good. I liked the description, and obviously it's about ancient Greece, and I'm a huge fan of ancient Greece, and especially like retellings and stuff, like Love, Percy Jackson, Laura was super great, so I was gonna like the book, and the drama was really fun. Like, ancient Greek drama is obviously like clearly over the top and chaotic, and like Bridgerton wishes it was this dramatic and scandalous because... I loved the drama and I lived for it, especially in the beginning with, like, Achilles and the island and his son. Like, all of that stuff was great. But nothing in the book really struck me. Like, the writing was good and great and amazing, but there was nothing that I, like, held on to and was like, oh my god, this. Besides the fact that 
there's a lot of smut, but it's a lot of Nicholas Sparks kind of smut. And what I mean by that is Nicholas Sparks writes smut in the most, like, professional way. I don't even know. Like, it's not smut. Like, I, I, you wouldn't say it was smut because you don't actually see them doing anything. You just kind of, you get descriptions that lead you to believe or that, like, are, like, okay, based on the description, we know what they're doing, but you're not actually showing us anything. Like, they're rediscovering each other's bodies or they lay together or, like, shit like that where it's, like, okay, clearly you're having sex, but, like, you're not going to let us see anything. And with the level of drama and, like, scandal that was in this book, I was, like, why couldn't you just write, like, legit smut? Because I would have been here for that. But... Besides that, I do have a little preface to get into before we start talking about the plot. And that was, maybe I wasn't as affected because I knew the story of Achilles pretty well, because I had to do a poetry thing my senior year of high school, and the poet I got assigned was Carol Ann Duffy, who wrote the poem Achilles for David Beckham, which I wrote an over-the-top, like, didn't need to be this detailed four-page long explication on this poem. I love this assignment. It was great because I'm a huge soccer fan. Love Liverpool. Unfortunately, David Beckham had to go play for Manchester United. But I loved that I got to do something like for English and I just got to talk about soccer the entire time. Like I talked about the it's coming home meme. I used legendary Liverpool manager Bill Shankly's quote. Some people say football is a matter of life and death. I can promise you it's more important than that. Like, I had so much fun with this assignment. But this assignment, basically, in explicating this poem, Carol Ann Duffy uses the story of Achilles to mirror the story of David Beckham and his, like, trials and tribulations with the World Cup and the fact that he injured his Achilles before the 2010 World Cup and couldn't compete. And so I knew the story of like Achilles's trajectory pretty well which maybe is why I wasn't so sad so I just wanted to preface that preface this episode with that because the entire time I was reading this book I was remembering my explication of this poem and like having a grand old time remembering it and I went back and reread it and I was like this I kind of love that I wrote this and I kind of love that I really did this so I had that little preface in there too because I don't want to get killed by the bookstagram community for saying that this book didn't, like, give me all the pain. So, now moving into the plot, we have Patroclus's early life and his dickhead dad who tries to get him to marry Helen. Like, I love how this comes around where he's, like, so super young and he's trying to marry Helen and then he is eventually, like, kind of forced into going to the Trojan War because he had this oath and everything so that was really cool but his early life sucks because his dad sucks and then he accidentally kills this boy and is exiled and he ends up in Pythia which is where Achilles is and where Achilles lives and one day Patroclus is hiding from morning lessons and Achilles protects him and is like he's gonna be my like I forgot the phrasing but basically like his bestie he was like he's my person so he doesn't have to do all the things that normal people have to do and he's just gonna stick with me and it was very interesting to see like now looking back knowing how deep their connection runs that it really was kind of by chance like Achilles could have totally written him off and you know Achilles did kind of like look at him a little bit and there could have been something there but they didn't really know each other very well and Achilles was like sticking his neck out for Patroclus and then like the extent of the love that came from that was really like interesting and amazing and kind of like oh you know I mean it makes sense like ancient Greek their fates and stuff so 
whatever but it's definitely interesting thinking about that and then they end up rooming together and they have all these like late night chit chats and Patroclus is the first person to see Achilles's super secret like training sessions because his mom doesn't want anybody knowing how good of a hero and fighter Achilles is and so Patroclus is the first person to see that and speaking of Achilles's mom Thetis who is a sea nymph goddess hates Patroclus and is like you're not good enough for Achilles and like why are you with him and would wish that Achilles would just drop Patroclus which I hate because I did love their relationship especially in the beginning because they were so close and it was so fun and they were just friends in the beginning too so like I hated that his mom was so against it and then they briefly kiss like it's the briefest of kisses on the beach but they're so idiotic I mean obviously Thetis can see him anywhere but like you're really gonna do this on the beach when like her domain is the sea like you didn't think this one through very well you two but because they kiss on the beach Achilles is sent away to Chiron who's gonna train him but Patroclus leaves and Chiron takes him in too and Chiron's like I know Thetis doesn't want you here but I and making my own judgments about you, so I'll take you in. And I was very happy that Chiron was like, I'm going to take you in. And I love when they're spending their time with Chiron on the mountain and, like, learning about different things and learning about medicine and learning about just different ways of the world and, like, seeing them grow up. Because time is passing, and now we see Patroclus every morning leaving to jack off to Thoughts of Achilles, which, you know, lovely. And then, finally, on Achilles' 16th birthday we learn that the entire time they've been up here and on this mountain, Thetis can't see them. So they start basically having sex and they're like, this is the beginning of their physical relationship. Like they're really intimate and close as friends. And because they learn that Thetis can't see them, they're like, okay, now we can have like a real actual relationship and be together for real. Then they eventually get summoned back to Pythia because Paris of Troy has abducted Helen of Sparta, and Achilles' dad wants him to lead the Pythian army. And Achilles doesn't want to do it at first, and so Thetis brings him to Skyros, Skyros, the island, to hide him, and he hides as a woman. But when Patroclus shows up, we find out that they try to pass it off as Achilles is Patroclus's wife because he's still a woman, but the princess of this island was married to Achilles by Thetis and Achilles also slept with her and she's pregnant so the drama like the drama on this island was so funny to me I was like a little shocked in the beginning because I didn't know that Achilles had a wife and a child but I was like oh like really drama like he got married and he has a kid and then the princess also seduces Patroclus which I was like what why why would you want why 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 but it was just funny now looking back on it I'm like it's so chaotic and out there and it's so funny and I love it and then eventually Odysseus and Diomedes come and they trick Achilles into revealing that he is Achilles because the princess is like, I'm going to keep your secret for a while. So they trick Achilles into revealing who he is. And because of this, they bring him and Patroclus to the fight. And they're like, okay, you're going to come to Troy. You're going to help with this fight. And the only reason they do this is because Achilles decides that he is going to pick 
fame and fighting even though it means certain deaths. So he knows that his fate is he can go and fight and he's going to die, but he's going to be this huge hero of Greece. Or he can stay hidden and live like a good long life with Patroclus and he will never be famous. And so he picks fame, which like questionable decision really because, eh, you know, but he picks fame. So he goes and it's like a lot happens from here on out with the war and especially with the like politics of Achilles and Agamemnon, Agamemnon, Agamemnon. Okay, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing shit wrong. I try, I really do, but you know, sometimes it's hard. So they are waiting to take off from Tro- to Troy. So like they've gotten all their ships together and they're waiting and there's no wind coming. And this is really big deal that there's no wind because without the wind, they can't sail the ships. So Agamemnon has to sacrifice his daughter so the ships can get wind and set sail to like appease the god. But Achilles thinks that Agamemnon's gonna make him marry his daughter. So Achilles is a little torn up by the fact that he didn't stop this execution. But then we get to Troy and Achilles is the one to draw first blood when they arrive. And then Achilles and a bunch of the other kings start to go out on raids to like neighboring towns to start the siege of Troy. And they start bringing back women as they do because women are war prizes and it's such bullshit, but they do. And I think this is actually one of my favorite parts of the book was that Patroclus gets Achilles to claim Brysis as a war prize and save her from the other kings. And then because all the other kings are just going to rape these women and Patroclus knows that if Achilles claims them, he's not going to do anything to them and they're going to get to live a good life. And so I like that they kind of form this community of like they save a bunch of these women and are doing something good. Like it was one of my favorite parts of this book and seeing this story and seeing the story because I didn't know about all this stuff. Right. And so it was really interesting to see. And then we have the first like real fight between the Greeks and the Trojans. And Patroclus has to go too, and like it's all hands on deck. But Achilles spends most of his time like protecting Patroclus. And then eventually, as the war lasts longer and longer, Patroclus has to go less and less, and he gets to just kind of stay back. And more of the like actual trained soldiers are the ones going on the fights every day. And then Achilles starts to gain a little control. So Agamemnon is kind of like losing a little bit of control with the troops and so Achilles starts to gain that control and like that favor and sway and while this is happening we learn that Brysis is in love with Patroclus and would be down to have a kid with him and let him still be with Achilles and Achilles is down for this too but Patroclus doesn't want to do it and so which like it's his right if he doesn't want to have a kid, if he doesn't want to be in love with Brysis or be attached to Brysis, that's fine. But this is where part of my, like, issue with this book comes up, too, is that it feels like when I know the book is titled The Song of Achilles and I know that the song, like, Achilles is the hero and it's supposed to be Achilles' story, but it feels like a lot of the time Patroclus is just there to prop up Achilles and to be Achilles' supporting character, and that's fine. Reading supporting character stories are fine. I'm not saying I have anything against it. I talked in my episode about the Gilded Ones about how one of the supporting characters I actually really wanted to read from her point of view as opposed to the main character, but I just... Everything in his life revolved around Achilles. 
So, I don't know. I wish we would have seen more. Like, okay, my favorite part, one of my favorite things was seeing him in the medical tent and seeing him come up with these better treatments, right? Like, he's the one who thinks to saw off the thing so that it comes out clean and there's no splinters in the body and stuff. And that's really cool, and I loved seeing that. And I wanted to see that more and more throughout the book instead of, like, I wait for Achilles to come back from battle. Achilles and I do this. I wait for Achilles to do this. Achilles and I do this. I want Achilles to do this. Achilles gonna do this, you know? I wanted to see more and more of Patroclus as his own person and doing the medical stuff and doing other things with Brysis and doing, like, just being himself and being a person as opposed to just being a shadow for Achilles, which kind of, it felt like that sometimes. And I know Patroclus is loved and I love him. I really do. I just wish he was developed more or like I, we got to see more of that development because I think it's hard. This book spans like so much time that time is constantly passing and we can assume that Patroclus actually does spend a lot of time in the medical tent. I just wish there was more time for us to see more of that as opposed to just having to see all the parts that do with Achilles because at the end of the day it is kind of Achilles' story. So I'm not mad about it. I'm just like, that's what I feel. But where was I? Oh yeah, he doesn't want to have a kid. And then Agamemnon takes a priest's daughter hostage and refuses ransom so it's like this whole deal because they have all these customs right so like the priest comes back and is like i want my daughter like here's ransom and agamemnon gets on his high horse and is like uh fuck you no so apollo gets mad and starts a plague and achilles isn't supposed to hold a council because he's not supposed to be like the commander of this army but he holds a council anyways and agamemnon flips shit when he's blamed for this plague which is such bullshit because he's the fucking reason they have this plague because he has too much fucking pride so Agamemnon decides that he's gonna try and make Achilles submit to him and Achilles doesn't want to do this so he goes rogue and so in response Agamemnon takes Brysis which is not fucking fair by the way because she was one of my favorite characters too and I wanted that's kind of why I wanted Patroclus to have a kid with Brysis was that we could see him living the rest of his life well I thought what was going to happen was the rest of his life and so I like wanted her to be a bigger part of the story I mean she was a huge part of the story but I wanted to see more of her and then Agamemnon takes her and it takes Patroclus going to Agamemnon to convince Agamemnon not to rape her because basically Achilles was waiting for Agamemnon to rape her to have a reason to kill Agamemnon and take control but Patroclus doesn't want Bryce to go through that pain, so he protects her, which this is where Achilles starts getting on my nerves because he's being a little bitch and he needs to not, and he needs to realize that people have feelings and he can't just do whatever the hell he wants because he has, like, you know, he needs to take other people's feelings into consideration, and I don't like that he doesn't because Bryce did not deserve that. And then Achilles is refusing to fight, and so the Greeks start to lose and the army starts to hate him. And Patroclus eventually ends up having to beg Achilles to fight. And Achilles doesn't want to do it, even though Patroclus is begging him to fight. And so Patroclus is like, okay, I'll wear your armor. I'll lead the troops. They'll all think it's you. They'll get scared and they'll start gaining ground or whatever. And 
it was in this moment, because Patroclus wasn't supposed to do anything. He was just supposed to stand on the chariot, but he starts throwing spears. So it was in this moment where I thought that Patroclus was going to accidentally kill Hector, and that because he accidentally kills Hector, he was going to set off the spark of events. Because we know that Hector is the one where, like, once Hector dies, Achilles is going to die. So as long as Hector stayed alive, Achilles would stay alive. So I thought Patroclus was going to have to deal with the grief and the suffering and the pain of living the rest of his life knowing that he was the one that killed Hector and started off the destruction of the love of his life. When in reality, he just gets so high on life and this feeling of success that he tries to climb the city wall and Apollo throws him off. And when he throws him off, he loses the armor and reveals that it's not Achilles, it's Patroclus. And then Hector kills Patroclus. So his death was sad, but when I had it built up in my mind that the rest of the book was going to be this like pain and suffering and grief and loss and survivor's guilt about this, I was like, oh, he just died. Like it was sad, but it wasn't as sad as I thought it was going to be. So that's, I think, also where part of my thing with this book comes from is like, I was like, oh, that would be so shitty if he killed Hector because by killing Hector, he's basically killing Achilles. And that's not what happened. And so we see, it's interesting the point of views too, because we see Achilles and Brysis and they're like fighting and mourning. And we kind of see Achilles' point of view. And we see a lot of actually Patroclus' point of view as like a spirit wandering the earth. And Achilles clearly, the entire time he's like, well, Hector's done nothing to me. Now Hector's done something to him. So he goes after Hector and takes revenge. And then because he kills Hector, Paris shoots Achilles in the chest. And then, honestly, the worst part of the book was when Pyrrhus, his fucking son, his dickhead fucking son, shows up and refuses to honor Patroclus. So even though their ashes are mixed, he won't write Patroclus's name on the grave so Patroclus can't move on to the underworld. And his interaction with Brysis He's like, oh, you must be super good in bed because my father kept you for so long. And he's saying all this fucking shit and won't believe her when she's like, no, I was just a friend. Like, we didn't do that. And so he gets super rough and is, like, threatening rape and it's really gross and I hate him and he's such a dick. And so Bryce's attempts to kill him and then has to flee and as she's fleeing he kills her which sucks so hard because i loved her and she did not deserve that treatment and she did also not deserve to die because that was not cool and i didn't like it and i was more torn up about her death than anybody else's in this book and then pyrus helps the greeks win and he dies and i was like good fucking riddance because he does not deserve this and then the book ends with Thetis and Patroclus actually, like, trading stories about Achilles and stuff, and she eventually is the one that carves his name onto the grave so he can meet Achilles in the underworld. I thought that was very cute and a nice way to, like, wrap the book up. So, to wrap this episode up, it was good. I can see the hype. I definitely can see the hype. I just... I think A, knew the story, and B, built up the idea of Patroclus living with guilt and grief for his entire life after this in my head, so the reality was less sad to me. And I talked about, right, like, I think he kind of, 
you see all of him living his life for Achilles because that's what needs to happen narratively, but I wanted to see a lot more of, like, him kicking ass in the medical tent and stuff. And the worst part was his fucking son. The worst part was Achilles' fucking son. Like, that was the worst part. But, yeah, I've read it. I liked it. I might read Cersei, which is her newer book. I think that came out in, like, recently-ish. So, maybe I'll pick that one up. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But I had a good time. It was good. It wasn't great, and I didn't feel a lot of pain. So, Bookstagram, please don't come for me because it is what it is. So, yeah, I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.